Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, I want to introduce myself. I'm Pastor Daniel, one of the pastors here on staff, and we are in week number two of our series, our Q&A series, where you guys sent questions in, and uh, our pastoral team, kind of changing week by week, get to do all the heavy lifting and try their best to answer your questions. So uh, just a remind, or actually, just out of curiosity, how many of you guys were here last week? Raise your hand. Awesome, awesome. Um, just a little recap real quick as everybody gets started or gets uh, prepared here. Uh, last week we answered, is it okay for a Christian to drink alcohol? Uh, what has been the most difficult challenge for you and your spouse individually and you had to overcome and grow? How do you battle nightmares and will we still be married when we are in heaven? So just a little quick recap. Pastor Daniel Vanderklok mentioned that we have about two more weeks before this series is over. So if you have some questions that have not been asked and answered, we want to just encourage you. There's two ways. You can go to a table back there where there's some paper and pen, and you can submit your questions that way. Or you can text Live to 94000, and then you'll get a prompting uh, with some instructions for you to follow. So without further ado, I would like to invite the panel up on stage. We have Pastor Daniel and Amanda Vanderklok with us. We have Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie Vanderklok. We have Pastor Tim and Rachel Gillia. Would you give it up for them as they make their way upstage? And I get to ask the questions and they get to do all the heavy lifting. So do we want to pray before we get started? I know last week we did that. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. So, Pastor, if you didn't get that, he mentioned that we are bringing a group out of Afghanistan tonight. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. So, as we pray over tonight, just over the questions, I'm also going to pray in that. So, I ask that you would join in faith as we pray together. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for the spirit of what's just happening tonight. Lord, I believe it's your delight that we come with you, wanting to grow, wanting to know more, seeking these answers to these questions, Lord, and surely we might not have all the answers, Lord, but you do, and we come to you because you are the source of life, you are good, and coming to you, Lord, is the best thing we can do, and so we just thank you for revelation knowledge released tonight. Thank you for your wisdom over what's being said. Holy Spirit, we invite you in our conversations. Would you fill our mouths, Lord, as we do our best and we attempt to answer these questions, and Lord, we do lift up this group that are coming out of Afghanistan tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that the angel of the Lord would encamp around them because we fear you, Lord, and I thank you that you defend them and you protect them. We thank you, Lord, for supernatural protection and guidance. We thank you for deliverance. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so we're going to go ahead and start with this first question, somewhat of a little bit of an icebreaker. And that question is this, what denomination is Res Life Church? You know, and that might sound like a simple question to some if you've been coming for a while, but I appreciate this question because I know there's a lot of people who have just recently started coming within the last year. So I want to ask Pastor Dwayne, I want to direct this question to you and ask you to answer that. They took it. Okay. 
Thank you, Vinny. No I way. thought you had a mic, too. I was like, you're good. I go. did, too, until they took it just a few minutes ago. Okay. So, we are a non-denominational church, which simply means we are not affiliated with any church uh, denomination or structural headquarters. In other words, our structure is not based on a, how would we say this, a, a denominational structure where there's a, a, a superintendent and a sub-superintendent. A church government. A church government. Our government is um, a bit different. We have apostolic oversight. So our apostolic oversight is Rick Renner. Some of you probably know Rick. Rick is um, presently in Russia, has been for the last 30 years. Uh, he's been coming here for 35 years, by the way. Um, started the largest church in Latvia, I think the largest church in Moscow, overseas, is, is the president and oversees the Pentecostal Union of Russia, which is like 10,000 churches. Um, so if we've got problems, we call him. He comes in and helps us out. Um, if I've got questions about something, or we've got questions, and we say, what about something? Well, we get a hold of him. But it is relational, it's not structural. Does that, that make sense to everybody? Okay. So that is our answer. Okay. That's a great answer. I was actually asked this question. I got this one right here, Pastor. I'll just ask this question over the weekend. So I appreciate that in-depth answer. All right. We're going to go ahead and get moved to a little bit deeper. And as you mentioned this morning, Pastor Dwayne, uh, one of those questions was, is this, would Jesus be vaccinated? And of course, we're talking specifically the COVID-19 vax. In case there's any confusion, because there's a lot of different vaccines out there. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, honestly, this is kind of a hot topic uh, right now with everything going on. And really what you have to kind of think about is when you get asked a question about a vaccine, uh, really there's a, a lot of other motivation behind that for each person. Someone might be thinking about, if I take the vaccine, am I still trusting God to protect me from COVID? Or does it have aborted fetal cells in it? Or do I take it to protect me? Well, what if, I, what if I'm found? Do I take it to protect someone else? So there's a, there's a lot of kind of different things that you have to put in there. It's not just as simple as vaccine or no vaccine. There, you might be answering the question based on your perspective, but someone else might have a different perspective. You know, what about the risks? Is there risks involved in it? And if the risks, do they outweigh the potential uh, benefits of it? So you kind of have to think about it from a, from a different perspective than just vaccine or not. All of us have probably a, a, a pretty strong opinion on the vaccine or not vaccine. Uh, I'm guessing I have strong opinions on that's lots a, of that's things. That's a good guess. <laughs> um, I love what uh, Romans 14 uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read this verse and then I'll pass it off if anyone else has anything. Uh, Romans 14, there's a conversation happening about, uh, in this particular case, it's about um, food sacrifice to idols. And one of the things it talks about is the one, this is uh, 14 verse 3, it says, The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God is accepting him. And then I love the first few words of the next verse says, who are you to judge? You know, when it comes to, to vaccine and would Jesus take it, the first thing we have to do is we have to kind of go before the Lord ourselves and kind of ask that question. But I'll, I'll pass it off to if anyone else has anything. 
Pastor Daniel? Daniel. I had my hand in the same spot. I was also on Romans 14. Uh, what did I just drop? Papers. All right, but as it goes through, he brings up that people are doing, doing things for different reasons. And he goes through and goes, some of these guys with, this, with the meat issue, being sacrificed to idols, some people were going, you know what? The idol is just a carved piece of wood, and I'm hungry. And so I'm going to give thanks to the Lord and thank him for this steak. And others are going, you know what? If I was to take that, that would be participating in idolic worship. That would be evil. And he just looked and goes, your why is more important than whether or not you eat the meat. And he goes through and he, he directs them back there. And he goes, now love each other. And don't let whether or not they're eating the meat or not separate you. You show them the love of Jesus. And as we look at the vaccine, you have to realize that there are people standing on a scripture or on a, a biblical principle on both sides of it. Some of them are sitting here going, well, I'm supposed to love my neighbor and to love my neighbor, I need the vaccine. And the next person's going, well, yeah, but during the research of this, they use um, uh, baby, uh, aborted baby cell, cell lines. And others will go through and they'll go, well, hey, I need to not take this to do faith and to keep my trust in God while somebody else looks and goes, no, I am doing this out of love for this other person and they, I have faith that God will protect me from any of the side effects. And they're on both sides of this. And one of the things that's the most important is going that we walk in love, even if somebody else takes a different route yeah. on whether they take the vaccine or not. Yeah. Yeah. So Pastor Daniel, can I ask, do you think Jesus would take the vaccine? No, no, no. I'm not. I was going to let Pastor answer that one. Okay, That's the so, question. And, and do it, I got to do my job for right, the people. So, so as, as we look at it, first off, I want to say um, this isn't black and white. They didn't have COVID. They didn't have the vaccine. And I don't have a um, Matthew chapter this. Jesus told them this. But as, as, I, as I pondered through this, I'm like, That's really a funny question. What's the closest thing that I could find. The closest example that I found had to do with leprosy. Um, Today, the disease of scariness, I don't know, the disease that scares everybody is COVID-19, but in his day, it was leprosy. And there was rules regarding um, how you deal with people with leprosy and how people with leprosy deal with you. And they were supposed to socially distance severely. Um, and in fact, they were, they were supposed to holler. They were supposed to wear a mask, but they had the sick people wearing a mask. And then they would holler when you came and said, unclean, unclean. And then you, they were supposed to stay away and you were supposed to stay away. Um, Jesus healed them. Um, that, was, that was his response was, once you encounter me, you're going to leave clean. And so that would be the... The closest biblical example was Jesus was the vaccine, and he brought it with him. One, uh, one thought I have with this, uh, Pastor Daniel, also is there's two reasons, there's two motivations that he, you have to look at. Did Jesus need the vaccine? I think most of us would probably say Jesus probably didn't need, the, Jesus didn't need the vaccine, let's just say it that way. Uh, he didn't need the vaccine, but the question is, would Jesus do it so someone else might be more comfortable? That's a whole different question right there. Because Jesus really was seeking, like he wanted to love people. 
you know? So that's, I guess it's just a whole different side of that. I don't think he needed it. He would walk in and he would heal him. So Daniel kind of, I think in my mind, Daniel kind of answered, would Jesus get the vaccine? Because he was the vaccine. Right. That's good. He took the the leper, which would be the equivalent of uh, a COVID-19 today. And he went over and broke the law and touched the leper and healed the leper. So he was kind of like the answer. But I think the question that is in more, in, in more people's minds is, should I, should I take the vaccine? All right. So I wanted to address that one. All right. In Colossians chapter three, in verse 15, the Bible says, let the peace of God be the umpire in making all of your decisions. Okay. Let the peace of God be the umpire in making all of your decisions. If, if you have peace taking the vaccine and don't have peace, not taking the vaccine, God's peace is supposed to be your umpire. And if you have peace, not taking the vaccine, and if you were to go and take the vaccine, you wouldn't have peace. Then the answer for you, according to Colossians 3.15, is don't take it. Right? You need to follow peace. And the peace of God is to be your umpire in making all, the Bible says, of your decisions. That's great. Okay? Pastor Jeannie, do you have something? Well, I do. I'm just... The thought of Jesus didn't just not take the vaccine. He actually took the disease on his body. He took it and was sick with COVID. He took on the sickness and every curse that attacks us, and he bore it in our place. And so um, he definitely gave the Holy Spirit natural immunity. <laughs> to us by bearing it in our place, uh, which, um, and I love Dwayne's answer about in the peace, you know, just walking in, in and having peace. It doesn't matter what decision we make, we're to walk in faith, walk by faith. The truth is, you have to have faith in God for protection if you take the vaccine. You have to have faith in God for protection if you don't take the vaccine. We just, we need to know that, that um, we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, we live in health by faith and not by vaccine. Um, but if we are required and have to take the vaccine, then we need extra protection. And from, I mean, we just constantly have to turn and look to God for our health. And I love, um, we actually have this scripture written on our tables. <laughs> at home, that we worship and serve the Lord our God, and his blessings are on our food and water, and he takes sickness away from the midst of us, and he gives us a full lifespan. And we just speak that over, um, there's certain immunities words and, and health words, and the Bible, the word is medicine to us, but it won't be if we don't take it. And Jesus provided um, health for us, but we're not going to get it by just w- wishing and then walking around in fear and wishing God would intervene. We have to practice walking by faith. Whatever your decision, walk in peace, walk in faith, apply the word. It, it's going to be medicine to us if we take it. 
you know, that you, the doctor, if you went for some reason and went to the doctor and said, I've got this issue, and he says, well, here, take this prescription, um, you know, do this daily and get an hour, extra hour of sleep, and, and you'll recover, and then you go home and say, oh, good, I got help, but, and then we go and do whatever, and we don't, don't follow it. You know, we want to shut the door on the devil. We want to stomp on every curse. And I'm sorry, I'm a mama and I get kind of violent when anything <laughs> starts attacking my children, my grandchildren, you know, and, and to think that I feel this way, how much more does God feel this way when he looks all at it and he says, I want them healthy, I want them whole, I don't want them to be cursed, I don't want them to be sick, I don't want them to be broken. And, and he's wanting every which way that he can get through us to us, he wants to provide health to us. So, be healthy. That's, right. <laughs> Amen. That's a great command. Is that, does that help everybody out? Raise your hand if that helps you out. Yeah, hopefully online as well. I feel like we covered the actual question, and then Pastor Dwayne even alluded to the underlying question, which is, what, what about me? And I hear peace, I hear faith, and we just cannot escape those things, whatever decision is made. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next question, and that is this. Is there eternal security? And go ahead, Pastor Dan. Saw you uh, get your microphone up there. Yep. <laughs> All right, for starters, that is a large and loaded question. Um, I mentioned it beforehand. The pastor's like, you want to try to take that one out? We have a lot to cover tonight. So this is the short answer. As Pastor mentioned, we could spend the entire night just walking through this question. But here's my high-speed answer. Uh, number one, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 8 say that we're saved by grace. It is by grace that we're saved. Romans eleven six 6 says that grace isn't earned. Um, grace, by definition, is unearned. So you can't work to earn it or it wouldn't be grace. Um, and salvation is a gift. That being said, you don't lose something you didn't earn for not deserving it. Um, by definition. So you don't lose your salvation because you have made a mistake. However, Jesus addressed this and says that you can only have one master. And he says, in, in Romans 6, it goes through and says, the one that you live for, the one that you obey, you have made master in your life. And then Jesus goes through and, and he tells the story about, uh, he tells a parable about the kingdom of heaven being like these 10 virgins who were waiting for the, for the groom to show up, waiting for them to show. It doesn't say the whole world. It goes, these 10 started waiting. But when he showed up, only five were ready. And in, in Revelation, it talks about these guys who were lukewarm, who weren't living for God, who knew who God was. And in chapter 3, verse 15, he goes, since you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And so my answer would be, you cannot lose your salvation, but you can reject your salvation. Mm -hmm. If you look and you say, God, if you make a mistake, God goes, you didn't earn your salvation anyways. My forgiveness is there for you. But if you look at God and go, God, I don't care what you have to say. What I want, 
what I value is more important to me than you because you aren't the boss in my life, then you are declaring something else to be the Lord of your life and you are rejecting it, not losing it. So that would be my short version of an answer. That's great. Good, short, good short answer. Yeah. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead and uh, jump to this next question uh, in the subject of homosexuality. And the question is this, if a believer, keyword key believer, is living a gay lifestyle, will they go to heaven? Can we, can we reverse the order of those questions? Sure, how? Do, is the next question, oh, sure. are you born gay? Can we do that one sure. and then the other one? So, the, so in, in changing the, that order, then the question would be this, are people born gay? That should be so the So that opens question. it up not just to believers in the church, but just to anybody. Yep. Okay. Okay. Any of you guys want to start on that? I want to end it. <laughs> you guys have thoughts? I, I really love what Pastor Dwayne has to say about this subject. <laughs> That's a great answer. That's a great answer. Taking notes. Oh, absolutely. Please. I really prayed that I would, the Holy Spirit would just give me the heart for the person who asked this question, because I think this is a really big topic. Um, so just depending on him to speak clearly for this. So I just looked through Romans 5.17 for this, um, just to see, you know, where does really the lust of the flesh and, you know, our, our wicked you know, nature, our sinful nature really came from one man. Romans 5.17 says, For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that man, how much more will those receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So they're talking about, you know, death reigned, is reigning through humanity because of one man's choice, the first Adam. But life is now able through grace to reign through humanity through one man. And the only man that can get us to that place is Jesus Christ. And so born gay, I'm going to speak personally because I want to be real. This is why we have a panel, right? Is in high school, you know, I had um, a couple of scenarios happen in my life that were, it could be sexual abuse um, from cousins and I had some doors opened through that, right? There was some generational clings through family lines in me that had happened to me. So going into high school, I began having dreams of having a relation with, I'm being very honest here, because I think that this is a very hot topic that the church just needs to be like, I could see where a seed was planted. And so I would have random dreams of just a relation with the same sex. And I, growing up, having had the word planted in me, knew how to take that captive and make it obedient to Christ because Jesus laid out his plan for my life and I was just to align myself with his plan. But I would say the devil is always going to come in and try to plant thoughts that are counterfeit of God's thoughts. So as far as being born, we are born actually spiritually dead. So anything under the sun, you can fill in the blank that we're just born lost. That's why we're training up our children in the ways of the Lord. 
And that's why when we then choose to can believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, he now by his grace has brought life to me. And now I choose to take all of the things that are counterfeit that he has made to give me life captive and make them obey him because it's his job and he's done it. So I can see where seeds are planted from a young age, from a personal experience. And if you don't know how to um, go after that, where that can breed. Very good. Excellent. First of all, if you've done much research on the subject, you'd probably recognize that many people that are gay were abused when they were young or had strained relationships with their parents. But beyond that, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, he says, for I, the Lord, your God, I'm a jealous God. And I visit the iniquity of the fathers onto the children, to the third and the fourth generation. And then it goes on and says, but the blessing goes to a thousand generations. All right. Now, notice the iniquity. Thank you, babe. The, I'm not used to having to carry one anymore. All right. So the iniquity, which literally means to be bent. All right. Uh, how many have seen a, uh, a tree that went through like a tornado and the tree ends up being like this? It's bent afterwards. It didn't fall down, but it's bent. All right. So in iniquity that literally passes generationally, all right, can pass to three and up to four generations. All right. Now, here's what, this is what the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, that the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Okay. So everybody, everybody is born with a bent towards something. Okay. Uh, I can just tell in my generational line, there is a bent towards addiction, towards alcoholism. Right? So I don't drink. Talk to our kids. Don't do it. Right? We're bent that way. Right? Somebody might, it might be anger. Somebody else, it might be gluttony. Somebody else, it may be a sexual thing. But everybody is born with something. Okay? But there's deliverance for everybody. Because the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Now, one of the things we can do is we can think, well, that one's the worst one. All right? But honestly... Who wants to be the best sinner that goes to hell? <laughs> is that not true? It's, it's, so, so we can think, well, this particular one is worse. So our people born bent. We're all born bent. All right. We're all born bent. And somebody may be bent towards a certain thing. All right. Now, uh, with that said, I wanted to read out of Luke chapter four. Now, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit 
of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice. Now, when it talks about an unclean spirit, it's a spirit of sexual perversion. One translation says it this way, an evil demon. Another says the spirit of an unclean demon. The NIV says an impure spirit, an impure sexual spirit. Right? So what happens is this. If you're bent towards something and you begin to participate in that thing, very often what will happen is a demonic spirit will attach itself. Right? Now, it says here, a spirit of an unclean demon or an impure spirit. When a person begins to have a demonic oppression, they think that they are what the spirit is. Did you catch that? That person thinks that they are what the spirit is. But it is the spirit, all right, that is pushing them into this thing. You open yourself up. You begin to participate. Right? And an unclean spirit, in a sexual situation, an unclean spirit, an impure spirit will get a hold of that person. And that person will literally think, that's me. Right? But it's not you. It's that unclean spirit. Right? And there is deliverance. There's help. There's redemption. There's the blood. On Jesus, God laid the iniquity of us all. So no matter what it is that's in our life, there is redemption and freedom and deliverance in Jesus. So that would be my answer to that. Can a person be born? We're all born bent towards something, a little bent towards something. All right. But whatever it is, you don't need to give yourself to it. Mm. If you've got, if you're bent towards anger, how many of you know you need to take and get victory over that? And if you're bent towards addiction in a certain area, you, you need to get victory in Jesus over whatever it is. And uh, that includes any type of sexual sin. We need to get victory because God laid on Jesus at the cross the iniquity of us all. That was so, nice. That's awesome. A simple scripture for that in, in Proverbs, if you've read through Proverbs and it talks about the simple and like chapter one, verse 22, it says, how long will you simple ones love your simple ways? The simple there refers to the one without moral direction and inclined toward evil, which is every single one of us are born Every baby is born without moral direction because of Adam, like she explained, and inclined toward evil. And then the, towards the end of that chapter, it says, for the waywardness or the turning away or the turning the wrong way of the simple will kill them. So there comes a point, you know, no one has to teach little babies to be selfish I didn't teach my little girl to bite <laughs> to get what she wanted, but I picked her up at the nursery one time and she bit some little boy, left t 
teeth marks on his arm because she wanted the toy he had. I didn't teach her that. But in her heart, the sim- without moral direction, they're inclined toward it wasn't evil. Good, the pastor's daughter. I know it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, then, for for the simple to choose, like he was saying, if you're inclined that way, and then to keep making choices in that direction, will eventually bring destruction. So um, praise God for the opportunity that Jesus gives us to um, cast off the iniquity and be born again. You know, the Bible, oh, good, good word, baby. The Bible, Bible tells, well, it's back in Deuteronomy. He says, I've set before you today life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants, that you and your descendants may live. And we sometimes think I'm an island. What I do doesn't affect anybody else, but it does. It does. There is a blessing that goes to a thousand generations. And there is an iniquity, a bent, that can go to the third and fourth generation. Hey, Pastor, can I ask something just because I think it's, it's uh, important for this moment. What are some quick things that we can do if we recognize uh, that there is a bend in our life, whatever it is? Like, um, you know, obviously prayer, speaking the word over us. But what are some other things that we can specifically do if we have a bend in our life? That we, that, we, that we recognize, like we, are, we walk out of here tonight and we recognize there's a bend in my life of whatever it is. Well, you just said it. You just said it. You know, pray, get in the word, receive the, the redemption that we have in Christ. Um, I don't know if Daniel remembers, but I mean, I, we, I sat down with each of the boys and I said, look, this is in our family. And... Uh, we need to be careful right here. This is a place where the devil may try to trip you up. Because in our family, alcohol addiction has uh, cost, pe- it cost people their lives. So. When, to be aware and, and to shut the door. Um, when, when we need help, it's okay to get help. There's nothing wrong with when you recognize, man, I've got a weakness in this area. This is, I keep, whatever it is, maybe it's a temper, something else. Um, it's good to have brothers and sisters. Um, who was that in the, Samson, who didn't have a friend that would help him in his weakness and keep him from out of, out of trouble. And he, he ended up... Um, Getting his eyes poked. Yeah, he ended up with that's a bad, bad, sad story. Um, but, but that it's okay to get support and help. I'm saying, okay, I need help in this area and um, get prayer, get agreement, um, get, get the word, help with the word, and, and then speak it out and declare the word. This is God's will for me. And so, I'm not going to agree with this. I'm not going to agree with what decisions my ancestors made. I'm not going to agree with um, the will of the enemy for my life. I'm not going to agree with my, my past failures. I'm going to agree with what God says about me. And this is what he's saying. And so I speak it. And, and you need to write it down because you're not always going to feel it. But you can write it down. This is the new creature of who I am in Christ. And that old iniquity isn't a part of my life. This is the new me. This is who I am in Christ. Right. Amen. Yeah.
Gonna use what Pastor taught this week and last week is plead the blood of Jesus and yes. apply the blood. Yes. Amen. So let's go ahead and jump to that second part of the question, which is if a believer is living a gay lifestyle, will they go to heaven? So we're talking about eternal destination here, uh, particularly with those who do know Jesus but are living a gay lifestyle. You've already kind of answered that, Daniel, so jump in. Uh, yeah, I think this just goes back to our question that we had earlier about eternal security of going, you do not lose your salvation when you make a mistake, when you're struggling um, and when you fall. The Bible says that though the righteous may fall seven times, they rise again. Um, we, we looked at God's grace, but there is a difference between I am struggling with whatever it is. Um, and when you go, God, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. What I want is more important than what you say. Because if when you do that, you're saying, God, you aren't Lord in my life. Yeah. Um, and so someone who's struggling with something, I don't, doesn't matter what the thing is that they're struggling with. God is for you. God's grace is there and it's abundant. And if you turn your back and say, God, I don't care. I choose to live for me. Then it's not that God has withdrawn his grace from you. It's that you've rejected his grace. Wow. Um, and he read it in Romans 14 earlier and at the end of that chapter where it talks about not judging and everyone gives an account to God for themselves and don't judge each other for the decisions that you make. Um, it says, blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. In other words, me approving of something is not what makes it right. And the, the verse here, Paul, after he gets done saying, you know, don't judge each other, but be aware that just because you approve of something isn't what's going to make it right in God's eyes. So my, my mama talk for everyone is, <laughs> is don't see how close you can get to the edge of sin without falling in. Don't look for, well, God, can I get away with it? Is this okay? Can, can I cheat on can I steal from the IRS a little bit, cheat just a little bit here? I mean, it's just a little, is this white lie? Oh, is this okay? I just, don't look, just let's see how m more we can be like Jesus. Our daily prayer should be, Jesus, make me more like you. Convict me of everything that I'm being tempted to do wrong. Grant me repentance in every area where I'm missing the mark, but I'm not aware of it. And, and let that be our daily thing. I want to be changed from glory to glory. So if I'm not very glorious today and I've got some sin in my life, God, convict me, correct me. I want to be more like you. And let's go running to God and not try to see how um, worldly we can be on our way to hopefully get to heaven. Um. I think one thing to just quickly recognize is uh, if you're in a position where you sit there and say, I have achieved and I don't need the grace of the Lord anymore, then right there's a position of pride and right there says that you have not achieved. I like what Paul says uh, in Philippians chapter three. Now this is Paul. This is the guy who uh, wrote a good portion of the books of the New, New Testament. And he says, brethren, and uh, this is Philippians 3, 13, brethren, I do not regard myself as have laying hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal 
for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Even Paul, who like is the man, you know, uh, he said, I realize that I don't have it yet. And it's just this continual. So any, any moment with any sin, there's a difference between choosing, like choosing to say, I'm going to ignore the direction of God in my life versus this is a daily, this is something that I'm struggling with. I think all of us have things that we're, we're, we're still broken in a broken world. We're still, we still, we still need Jesus. We just got a puppy. And I keep telling people, they ask, how's the dog? I'm like, continual reminder that I still need Jesus as my Lord and savior. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into, we got a few more minutes to see how far we get with this next question. I'm going to go ahead and read it out and then we can, um, summarize this question. So this came in, it says, I am married to someone that claimed they were a Christian, but now 10 years later, I learned that he never has believed in God. What does light have in common in darkness? And how does someone already married go about the rest of their life being unequally yoked? I struggle each and every single day uh, regarding this. So here we have a situation. Maybe there was an agreement in the beginning. Uh, whether that was a misunderstanding or a falling out, we have one person in the marriage that is a believer in Jesus Christ and the other is not. And obviously that affects a lot of what we do and how we live our lives. Nobody is arguing that that's not fun. That's a sad uh, situation to be in. And there are lots of people that are in this, whether they're, they got married uh, under a, a outright lie or someone backslid or someone just turned and rejected God and you end up, um, you started out maybe equally yoked and, and one just went the wrong, the other direction and now you're not. Um, so I think it's a great question and to come and say, God, I will not quit being a Christ lover um, I will follow hard after God, and Dwayne's shaking my no, I'm chair. Go. Go, baby. Oh, okay. I thought you were. I'm just nervous. <laughs> <laughs> he's get to do all he, he's ner- <laughs> <laughs> nervous, what I'll say. Um, one, you can look at the situation as poor me, oh, poor me, and oh, he's not this for me, and he's not, oh, he's not like Pastor Dwayne. Oh, he's not, you know, he's, my husband's not like this, or not like that, and he's not doing this, and I'm not. And you can focus on all that and really be miserable. Or you can focus on giving thanks for the things that you did fall in love and like about the guy. And you can, if all you can thank God for is the color of his eyes and, uh, I don't know, the shape of his fingernails. I don't, you know, something you can give thanks to God for. You give thanks to God for it. And you honor the role of husband and man that he is and um, respect him and seek to be a good and God-fearing, loving wife and be a good Christian. Because someone is not being a good Christian doesn't give you an excuse to, well, because he's not, he's the leader of the home and he should lead us and he's not. So, you know, I'm going to feed him garlic in his orange juice and I'm going to, you know, just, I'm going to be a sour 
thing in his side. No, you can be just the opposite. Man, if anybody can love this man to God, then you love him. If you're so loving and so Christ-filled and he is so rebellious, chances are, if his heart is so hard, he will flee. Very often, they just can't take it and will be the ones that will will flee the relationship. But um, I, me, if he was a jerk and, and, <laughs> and uh, totally rejected God, um, I, I would just pray him to pieces and, and I would love him and I would seek to make my home such an inviting, loving, joyous place that even if he fled, he would miss it so badly, he'd come back because he'd have to get right with God. Amen. The verse is 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. Okay. It says, even if some, and this is speaking to a wife, or excuse me, about the husband, even if some, the husband, does not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. So make, it, make the, make, just win him by, yeah. by, by loving him and being a good wife. And we're not saying this is easy. But you're, every time in Proverbs 20, it says, the way of the Lord is strength to the upright. So every time you choose God's way to handle a difficult situation, you are getting stronger and you're getting stronger. And maybe, maybe the spouse is, is beating you. And it can be the other way too, where the wife is the one disrespecting and putting the husband down and rejecting um, the God in him and things. But every time you personally choose God's way, you do get stronger and you get... When we choose God's way, we get God in on the picture, mm-hmm. which is huge because you're not just winning your spouse through your own greatness and, and specialness, but because the Holy Spirit is able, able to move with you in this situation. You have supernatural help, and that's what we all need. Amen. Okay. So I just want to say that's one side. Mm-hmm. That's one side. The Bible says, love him, honor him, win him. All right? However, also, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says this. Uh, Let's see. Let me find the right spot. If any brother has a wife who does not believe and she's willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. All right? But if an unbe- for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Right? But if an unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. So if a believer, and particularly in the case that we're talking about here, uh, is married to an unbeliever and they don't want to live with you. They say, I don't want to live with a person that prays and that believes the Bible. I don't want to live with you, and I'm leaving. The Bible says, let them depart. Let them depart, and you are not under bondage in such a case. Okay? So there's the side where the Bible says, love them, win them, without a word. Don't tell them, oh, you should have been in church today, because, boy, that message was just for you. No. <laughs> don't, don't give them the word. Don't condemn them. Love them. Right? But if they say, I will not live with you, 
If you're going to pray, if you're going to read the Bible, I will not live in the house with you. The Bible says, let them depart. Right? And you're not under bondage in such a case. Yeah, I've uh, seen two women actually pray their husbands to the Lord. And one woman in particular, that one thing that really stuck out to me is her, the way that she viewed it. So her husband honestly was pretty ugly to her. He was not kind. <laughs> he would do some pretty hateful things. But she said, you know what? Some people are called to be missionaries in Africa and live in a dirt hut. Some people are called to go to really hard places and serve the Lord. She said, my mission is to serve my husband and to love him into the kingdom. And her attitude towards it was just like Jeannie said, it was so full of love and so full of the heart of God and saying, you know what? There's a million places God could have called me, but right now it's here. And her desire to just pray over his pillow. She's like, I know for sure he's going to be here at some point today. And that's going to be my job is to pray over his pillow. And when he's hateful to respond with love and to just continue and continue to say, no matter what you do, I am going to honor God where I am and love you into the kingdom. And I just thought that was such a beautiful example and a beautiful way to think about it. Uh, And he wasn't abusive because that's a totally different situation, but uh, just that heart to love him anyway. Daniel, do you want to uh, wrap us up here as the time is yeah. coming to an end and just summarize here and pray so us out? It's, yeah, that, that one, you get, you get to love. Um, if you're still single, don't put yourself in that spot. Uh, but choose wisely. Choose wisely. Um, he who finds a, a good wife finds a good thing. Um, but as, as we look at all of this and we talk about the grace that God offers us, uh, I think I just kind of have to circle back and go, the, God's love for each of us is incredible. His desire to show forgiveness, the price that he was willing to pay is astonishing. And he has offered that grace, but we have an opportunity to receive his grace and his lordship or to reject it. And we talked about it in, in more specific spots, but I want to ask, have you received his grace? Because he's offered it, The Bible says that he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. But it's up to us to go and open the door. And if you say, you know what? I don't know that I've ever received God's grace. I don't know that I'm right with God. In fact, if if I was to stand in front of God, I don't know that I would would be in heaven. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to his grace, to declare him to be Lord tonight. Can I get everyone to bow your heads and to close your eyes? And if you're here, And you say, today, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to receive his grace. I want to receive his forgiveness. I want to know that I'm right with him and on my way to heaven. Then when I say three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, get ready. Two, three. Go ahead and raise your hand. Say, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Awesome. I see your hand. Who else says, that's me. I I want to receive that forgiveness. Another one over there. Who else says, that's me. I want to know that I'm right with God on my way to heaven. I need that grace. I need that forgiveness. Awesome. All right, the Bible says whoever calls on his name will be saved. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to call on his name. So whether you raised your hand or you've done this before, go ahead and join us as we say this. Say, God, thank you for loving me, even when I make mistakes. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you 
for washing my sins away. I choose to live for you from this day forward. I declare that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.